Mayor-elect Brandon Johnson is going to be inaugurated on Monday in preparation for hitting the ground running. He's named a robust transition team with 11 subcommittees, everything from public safety and housing to arts and culture to environmental justice. So what climate and environmental justice goals will the committee prioritize? We spoke with Amisha Patel, senior advisor to the mayor-elect yesterday, and I started by asking her how she's feeling about this opportunity to shape the agenda for the next four years. We're very excited to be in this moment um, of having Mayor-elect Johnson, soon to become a Mayor Johnson for Chicago. Uh, This is a culmination of decades of organizing work uh, that many people were part of. And um, to get to this moment to think about what it looks like to govern from a perspective of being rooted in communities in the way that uh, Mayor-elect Johnson is, is, is very exciting. So what are the biggest environmental justice priorities for this administration? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, You know, I'll say that where we take our leadership from very clearly is from community organizers on the ground in neighborhoods who have been doing this work for for a very, very long time. So the climate activists um, on the southeast side, in Pilsen, on the far south side, like all over the city of Chicago, who've been pushing for clean air, pushing for, um, you know, making sure that industry and business that comes to neighborhoods and communities is actually safe for those neighborhoods and communities, pushing for public transportation and access to jobs in ways that continue to, um, you know, help us reach, uh, you know, the kind of goals around climate sustainability sustainability that we all have, that that's who we take our leadership from. And so, you know, as a candidate, uh, you know, Brandon was really clear about the kinds of what this looks like. And it really is about, you know, the the framing of a Green New Deal is very powerful and is very clear on how we how we will approach it um, once he's in office. So Green New Deal for water, for air, um, for our schools, yeah. like Housing, all of this is, you know, a, a key part of what we're looking at um, over the next four years for sure and hopefully longer. Yeah. Can we expect some of this to happen in week one or even the first six weeks? Um, well, we're working on it rapidly <laughs> to figure out what is it that we can move when and how quickly. You know, he's been very clear, um, you know, in echoing the demands in the community for a Department of Environment. I know there's a study that the city is currently doing to really make recommendations about what that infrastructure should look like. We want to wait for that study, follow the lead of, you know, that the community process that's already engaged in that place. But um, absolutely very clear that there is, you know, a set of different um, priorities that that he is very committed to, um, you know, including a cumulative impact assessment, right, which folks on the ground have been fighting for for a long time, which for listeners who may not know what this is, it really is about making sure that we understand the impact of the cumulative impact of industry, of industrial corridors, where we've got people living side by side right next door to these industrial zones. And, you know, what has not happened yet in Chicago is really clear assessment of what is that cumulative impact. Right. And how decisions about whether what industries should go there or should not go there based on, you know, the fact that there are many communities of color who have the um, 
completely unfair burden of um, of toxicity in their neighborhoods and communities that are not allowed in other parts of the city. But somehow we think when it's low income black and Latina communities, it's okay, and we know that's not okay. And so I, that is a very clear priority of the mayor elect to make sure that we, he moves forward on that. For example, which has again been coming a call that's been coming very clearly from folks on the ground. Yeah, the mayor elect has spoken about the need for affordable housing and transportation, which we know those have links to sustainability. That can look like having safe, efficient homes in walkable locations, also reliable options for transit, walking and biking. So how are you ensuring that these issues are part of the holistic view of environmental goals? Yeah, it's a great question. And and kind of going back to your original framing about the different 11 transition committees, you know, we're really clear that though these issue committees are distinct and there is one on um, housing, there is one on environmental justice, there is one on transportation, et cetera. We know that it is all intersectional. We know that these are not, you know, we want to focus and have a lens to particular dynamics, but we know that things cut across and um, it's all connected and related. And the fact that, you know, that really figuring out how to move a series of Green New Deal proposals really will be about how we move forward our economy. It really will be about what, um, you know, creating new options and thriving, thriving communities look like that, um, and, you know, and what the schools look like, right? So, um, so it is, is very clear and very intentional that though they are distinct committees, um, we know that we have to talk about the integration. And even as we're planning what the administration looks like and the mayor's office looks like, yeah. um, we're very much taking that eye to that, right? So we've got policy department, but how do we make sure the policy is integrated across deputy mayor of education and deputy mayor of economic um, and neighborhood development, right? So it's, it, it is, it's clear we're consistent in how we're looking and building the infrastructure within the city, but also, you know, be, being very clear about how we think about community engagement around all of these issues outside of the administration. Alderman Carlos Ramirez Rosa is going to head the zoning committee. So can we expect to see a change in how permits are given out to known polluters or how residential areas are zoned? Alderman Rosa has been a strong advocate around, um, you know, zoning that really takes care of and centers existing communities and families, right? And, And coming from a neighborhood like Logan Square that has dealt with incredible skyrocketing gentrification, um, you know, I think he brings a unique sensibility into that position. We all know zoning is critical in that, um, in, in, in determining what happens um, and what, what the realities of the, you know, what the living conditions are for so many people. So, so you know, I haven't been able to talk directly with him about his vision, but there's, you know, I think a very clear reason of why the mayor-elect is excited for him to be, um, be head of that committee because of the impact and the potential of it. Um, I think he's really been rooted in community organizing and in many of these fights and very supportive of many of these fights. So um, it really is a clear signal of like, how do you know, we're going to do things different? Um, You know, Brandon Johnson didn't run for mayor because he wanted to tinker at the edges, right? Like he really, you know, his vision is bold. It's clear. It's it's very reflective. When we talk about a Green New Deal, you can kind of talk about all of his platform positions under that framework, right? Because it is like when we talk about even safety, you know, an issue that is top of mind so, for so many of our, you know, of our residents. Mm-hmm. Well, is very much let's talk about how um, environmental justice is all about creating safe and thriving communities and neighborhoods. So 
Um, so yes, I think that um, we're absolutely you know excited about new changes and a new direction in the city. We're going to of course you know work to make sure the things that are working well continue to stay working well and um, leverage the both the experience of of folks who've been in you know previous administration, but also bring in new 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 ideas um, and perspectives that are rooted again in community. Yeah, well, uh, Johnson has also said that replacing lead service lines that's a high priority. We know it's necessary, right? But it's also expensive. So realistically, how can the next administration tackle that problem? Well, we're really excited about partnerships with multiple levels of government. You know, part of this is about how do we leverage um, federal dollars? There's no pathway to the cost of replacing lead service lines without, you know, federal intervention. And, you know, we've got a team of folks and he's got incredible relationships with our congressional delegation and our our senators. And, um, you know, I think we're really excited about how to leverage those relationships to be able to get access to greater amounts of federal dollars. Mm -hmm. There's no pathway to doing it without it. And I think that collaborative approach which he campaigned on is, and is how he's going to govern is very much going to be the key to unlocking state dollars, federal dollars. Um, that is really our approach to um, working with multiple levels of government and partnering, yeah. right? And I think you're, we're already seeing that in his visit to Springfield, for example, um, and the kind of ways that he's approaching building relationships and deepening. I mean, he's got many relationships, but deepening relationships with um, the General Assembly. And that's true at the federal level as well. So will the Johnson administration build on the climate action plan that Mayor Lightfoot's Office of Sustainability implemented? We're really excited to build on the things that are working and expand and deepen the places that need to be expanded and deepened. Um, You know, I think that, again, um, how we govern, people will see it as we go. But the approach to governing is absolutely about really deep integration with community. One of the things that I really love about the Chief Sustainability Officer Angela Tovar's approach to um, thinking about what that climate office looks like is that she's, you know, is co-creating that with community leaders, with environmental justice leaders who are at the table making decisions and helping to set policy. I think it's an incredible model for how we want to approach all of government under uh, Mayor Johnson administration, because there is so much strength and wisdom from folks who've been with that lived experience and with that organizing perspective and really rooted in community. That's exactly what we need, right? Like government can and will look different when it is actually not just responsive to community, but following the leadership of community. Mm. And that's what we're really excited about um, in this administration. That's Amisha Patel, one of the senior advisors for Mayor-elect Brandon Johnson's transition team. Thanks so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Now let's hear from a couple of environmental justice advocates, as well as our Reset Sustainability contributor, Naomi Davis is the founder and president of Blacks and Green. Welcome back, Naomi. Thank you. So glad to be here. Gina Ramirez is the Midwest Outreach Manager at the Natural Resources Defense Council and lifelong Southeast Side resident. Good to have you back, Gina. Hey, Sasha. And Karen Weigert is director of Loyola University Chicago's Baumart Center for Social Enterprise and Responsibility. And she moonlights with Reset. Hey, Karen. All right. So, Naomi, you've been listening along. Give us your thoughts. Well, uh, we uh, could not be more excited for uh, a Brandon Johnson transition team opportunity. We've participated in other mayoral 
transitions, the governor's transition, and I've got to say, this gives a, a deep and soulful feeling that real change, system change, as as Misha said, uh, the mayor elect is not trying to tinker around the edges. I, I really loved the uh, way that that is communicated because you do think that system change is possible here now. Gina, what about you? Anything missing in what you heard? I think everything sounds really promising. I loved the approach of community-driven um, responses and collaboration. I think that's what what has been missing in Chicago's past mayoral administrations. And so really eager to not only have a seat at the table, but help lead that table when it comes to environmental justice. Karen, do the subcommittees reflect the priorities that you believe Johnson should have? And it was really interesting, as you mentioned earlier, this is a pretty robust transition. And so to have, I think it's 11 subcommittees, that's a lot of engagement. And actually, I think speaks volumes to this intent to collaborate. Mm-hmm. When you look at the topic, environmental justice having its own subcommittee, that that is a direct comment about the intentionality of co-creating the future that works for everyone. Um, transportation is absolutely critical if you think about this city. It's a must. Um, There wasn't something explicitly about climate, and there wasn't something kind of explicitly about water. Um, But I think if you look at the collection of topics, you can see a lot of potential for a holistic vision of Chicago to really come forward. Now, as we mentioned, Gina, the the Johnson administration really is coming to power thanks to robust organizing, right? Uh, This transition team, it's called Chicago for the People. Now, as a Southeast Sider, I wonder if you feel that that includes you. Yeah, yes, I do. Uh, we have two Southeast Siders who are on the transition team. So we, you know, are the largest ward in Chicago, the 10th ward. We have over 100 industries that line the Calumet River. So we have a lot of problems to address. We have reactive for so many years. So um, we're definitely burned out and would love to have a proactive vision um, and the space to do that in co-creating with our partners um, a clean, green, southeast side. Karen, as someone who worked at the mayor's office in a prior life under Mayor Emanuel, how can the incoming administration prioritize climate and environmental justice goals just in the midst of attention being pulled to picking a police superintendent and elected school boards and budget deficits and the migrant crisis? There's so many things here. There are absolutely a lot of things, and that's that's the extraordinary challenge and just a momentous opportunity to be the mayor and to be a part of this team, because it's really about setting that holistic vision. And how really is it going to happen? How are we going to have thriving communities and an inclusive economy on a healthy planet? So you have to set the big picture and then be specific about it. So underneath that vision, who are your senior hires and how are you asking those people about how their areas of responsibility can deliver? Um, It's got to be embedded. You have to bring the whole city in a collaborative approach towards these topics. Then you have to be specific. And so this is where it's going to get hard is what are the concrete things? Um, Every administration has to pick some things that they can really deliver and be clear that they delivered. Um, But part of what's so interesting and important here is about that holistic vision and it being a collaborative opportunity. Maybe everyone gets to decide. Well, Naomi, in your view, how can policy that's passed on a citywide level effectively address individual issues that are happening at the neighborhood level, at the block level? Well, I think a perfect example is, uh, and it lies at the heart of 
our climate crisis is what are our emergency management systems? We think uh, about, you know, FEMA when the when the topic comes up, but FEMA uh, is not going to come to your neighborhood um, and um, prevent the slow motion disaster that uh, is part of the uh, black and brown community experience where the degradation of uh, air and, and uh, water and soil are concerned. These uh, emergencies that are emerging now can only be uh, tackled by a strong visionary um, fifth floor and in conjunction with community. This, this precise model that Mayor-elect Johnson is bringing to us. So the idea that, you know, you're going to have your uh, cases of water and your cans of meat in your closet and you're going to be safe in an emergency is a fallacy. Only community-based, um, organized, driven, uh, and implemented emergency management systems are known to work. And, uh, and I'm confident that uh, Mayor-elect Johnson is going to bring vision, uh, bring um, focus on um, taking proactive steps as well as being prepared uh, as community, as a city of villages, mm-hmm. uh, when, uh, when um, disruptions uh, which are inevitable, do occur. Speaking of visions, you are known for yours when it comes to building walkable communities for Black residents. What do you want to happen at the city level to support that? Well, glad you asked. (laughs) Uh, You know, uh, you you reference our sustainable square mile model, and we're now being invited to cities, uh, Detroit, Baltimore, Miami, Houston, uh, um, and... uh, and Ohio, Cleveland. And the idea is that if we have this, uh, this system of you can create your own energy, you can grow your own food, you can clean your own water, you can manufacture your own products, you can recycle your own waste, this walk to work, walk to shop, walk to learn, walk to play village, where the residents uh, own the businesses, own the land, and live the conservation lifestyle, that is the buffer against the climate crisis that every single community uh, of color needs to be prepared with. And so the idea that we are uh, uh, have an opportunity uh, here in a time of equity and system change to be able to build from the community up these models for self-reliance communities for walkable villages um that is uh that is that is supremely important especially since we understand black and brown communities are hit first and worst Mm -hmm. by the ravages of climate crisis we're resourced least and last uh in the um in the in the uh in the system of managing uh resources we we understand that you know, help is not always on the way. And the idea that a few good neighbors uh, in uh, black and brown communities across the city can uh, come together and be supported in a process of uh, self-help and with the structures and the financing uh, in place and support from uh, City Hall, that uh, that is as close to resilience and real time mm-hmm. that uh, most of us can imagine. And Gina, you've been pushing for an end to sacrifice zones. What are those? 
Yes. So uh, with the Chicago Environmental Justice Network, we are trying to work on an ordinance that would essentially look at the cumulative burden of pollution in our neighborhoods, which are the south and west sides. Um, Chicago is a very segregated city, and this didn't happen by accident. The communities that have been seen as sacrifice zones by our city leaders look very different than, say, Lincoln Park. We have a tale of two cities that has to be directly addressed by the Johnson administration. And a, a clear example to do that is to set forth uh, a cumulative impacts ordinance. Well, Karen, what are you going to be looking for in the first 100 days, even in the first year? Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be incredibly important these first 100 days. And I, I very much appreciate that the, the mayor has elect has talked about you know, essentially on day one, looking at a comprehensive study of the city's environmental needs and really looking at the south and west side, you know, a clear signal about what he can do from the beginning and what his administration can do in those first 100 days. So what does what executive orders does he look at? Really, who does he appoint? We really have to be watching who actually gets the official city roles and uh, how they're going to engage. And then if you think about the first year, he has a very big budget coming this fall. And embedding priorities in that is the first real signal of how he's going to try to move the dollars in the city. That's Naomi Davis of Blacks and Green, Gina Ramirez with the Natural Resources Defense Council, and Karen Weigert, Reset's sustainability contributor. Thank you all.